Hello and welcome to Systemize Your Success. I'm Dr. Steve Day. Today, we're going to be continuing our journey through all of my best frameworks. And we're going to be coming back to recruitment, which we covered last time. In the last episode, I talked about creating a compelling job posting to attract as many people as possible. And today, we're going to try and get rid of as many of those people as possible. The reason for this is we want to get a shortlist to be able to interview as few people as possible, but finding the right person for the job. All that and more today. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so today we're gonna to take our recruitment to the next stage. We've set our job posting up, which I've discussed in the last episode. We've attracted as many people as possible to click on the link to go to the application form and answer the yes, no numeric questions on that form. The next job is to go through and actually analyze all of the people that have applied. If you're doing this right, if you have a good job posting and you're using a site like onlinejobs.ph or one of the bigger sites Indeed or one of these recruitment sites, you should be getting well in excess of 100 people applying for this job and going through the application form. We've had up to 2,000 people many uh, a few years ago, but now we typically range between 150 and 300 for any one job. That is on the first time round. We can always go back and get more as well. And remember that as we go through this process. So once you've got your applicants in, hit the export button on whatever form app you're using. The one we typically use is Google Forms because it's super simple and you just hit a button, exports to a Google Sheet. And now we've got all the answers in a spreadsheet, column by column with every single question represented by a column. And the answers to those questions are in the cells under that column for each person. What this means is that we can order each column to get the, the, the order in which the, the value of those questions. So for example, if you said in a column or in a question, how much do you wanna get paid for this job? You may word it slightly differently, but to the, to the effect, how much do you wanna get paid for this job? And they said you know, $10 an hour, $50 an hour, $20 an hour. There's gonna be a range and you're gonna have a cutoff point where you're gonna say, you know what? I don't wanna pay more than let's call it $15 an hour. If you're hiring from the Philippines, it may be $5 an hour. But let's say, you know, $15 an hour. Anybody who therefore has put an expected starting wage higher than $15 isn't a good fit. So you simply order the whole spreadsheet by that column and then, and then um, strike out everybody who is above the threshold. I also don't have a lower threshold for wages as well because I want people that value themselves and believe they're good at their job and they've actually probably got some experience so understand their place and their value in the marketplace and therefore they actually uh, ask for a decent or a fair amount of money for the work they're going to be doing. Uh, and then I sort of have a lower cutoff as well. And then it could be, for example, you know, how many hours you're available to work. Is that a good fit or not? Yes, no. Or um, have I got another job? or anything you've put in. And we discussed that in detail last time, so I'm not gonna go through it in detail now. What you now get as you go through this process is lots of people with strike throughs. Now we're not deleting them from the sheet yet, just in case when we get to the end, we haven't got enough people. And then we can go back to our sheet, column by column and say, look, maybe I was a bit harsh. Maybe I can actually stretch up to you know a little bit more. And that's a good one to do. You're too few people 
in, consider paying a bit more and you're probably going to get some more people in and you might even find someone absolutely brilliant just for the sake of two or three extra dollars an hour. So you play around with the figures to make it fit, but don't play around with them too much and let your standards drop just for the sake of getting people through. You want to end up with around 20 or 30 people max on this next stage. So if you start off with 300, you're getting to about 10% of your initial cohort, getting rid of about 90%. And those are good figures to sort of gauge at. If you, if you gain that sort of amount, you're about on the money. If you haven't got enough people, sorry, if you've got too many people, then you can do the opposite and just increase your standards. So pay a bit less or expect a bit more, and then you'll get a, um, a, a short, a small number. But again, be careful with the wages because depending on people, how, what the job is you're doing, you don't want to be paying under the, the going rate because you may not get the top quality people. So that's the one I would be cautious of, but you can still play around with it. Once you've done that, you should have a short list of about 20 or 30 people. And this is where we now go through our second stage, which is the test stage or third stage, sorry, the tester stage. We also, if you remember in the previous episode, we talked about a video interview. That will come later, and we'll discuss that in a little bit. But this test stage is all about finding somebody who can actually do the work that you want them to do and being confident that they can before you get to interview. Because there's no point in taking somebody on. They're a you know, great personality. They look good on paper. They come on camera. They're fabulous. You have the interview. It's all amazing. You get them there on, on the week one. You've got all that effort on boarding them and starting the training program. And then they're absolutely pants. You want to actually, if you can, catch those people out early. And they're actually a lot easier to spot than you may think. You don't need some long-winded, um, you know, complicated tasks for them to do and to uh, you know, go through hours of research and come back for them to actually pr prove that they're probably going to be actually a good fit or they're probably going to be able to do the work. You just need something simple, quick, that's got a detail and an element to it. If it's, you know, you're hiring for a creative job, it'll be a creative element. If you're hiring for a technical job, it'll be a technical element. So you look at the work back to our personal systemization plan from a few episodes ago where we looked at everything we were doing figured out what we're going to hand over to this new person coming in. You look at those tasks. So you've already got a task list for them. And you just find something that you think, you know what, I could just give them a simplified version of that. And then they could actually do that. And I could then grade it and compare those grades to, the, to, to everyone else who actually hands in the same piece of work. So it's important to give the same piece of work. So as I said, you can grade it against each other. Don't use this as an excuse to try and get free work done. Make it obvious this isn't, you know, that purpose. Make it obvious this is a test task. So use like fictitious things. Like when I did one for a graphic designer, for example, I, I wanted to see how, how creative they could be at redesigning my logo. And so what I said was um, pick one of Mars, I think it was Mars, uh, Pepsi and um, uh, Harley Davidson. And I said, rebrand it for a different for market um, and come up with the questions like fictitiously that you ask the client in order to get to the result. So it's something like that for my for my graphic design. If I, I was hiring an in-house graphic designer to, to lead our, our marketing and um, the results are fantastic and not. And that's the key. Some people will shine and some people will flop. They're just sending something generated by, you know, AI nowadays, probably. Um, but they'll, they'll send in something that's obviously not actually what it was meant to be or not hit the mark. Or they'll ha have no attention to detail. They'll miss the deadlines. They'll communicate in the wrong way. These are all the these are all the signs that this person isn't actually going to be a great worker. If they can't get it right at this stage, 
the likelihood of them getting it right when they're working is, is pretty low as well. So the one we use typically for our um, admin type roles, which is the, primarily the role we hire in, because often, you know, back to what I was talking about um, previously, is that we elevate up or delegate down to elevate up and then bring people in to fill the void. It's a really cost-effective way of growing our team in an organic fashion. Obviously, there's occasions, and if you're a bigger company, bringing people in at different levels, of course, I get that. But what I'm talking about is freeing up resources in your, in your existing team, elevating people up, giving them opportunities for growth, and filling that void. So the most common role we've ever had for, for ourselves and our clients is an entry-level admin-type assistant. And so testing for someone like that Really, we want to know, can they do work to a high standard, on time, accurately, and communicate effectively in the process? And that's really easy to test. We actually get them to create a short operation manual from a video, and we give them detailed instructions on what they need to do. It's literally, they just need to follow step by step. If they do that, they're a good fit. That's it. We then grade their answers and we actually have a grading sheet for this particular test and as you build out these different uh processes hiring process for different roles you create different test tasks for different types of people with with a grading system so anybody can do it for you and then we grade them all and then literally just say which ones pass and which ones fail it's totally objective and it allows us to compare like with like with something that on the from the outside looking in it would be actually quite difficult to do so we're grading people's work we're grading also, as I said, the communication, their ability to follow uh, uh, detail, uh, follow uh, instructions, their attention to detail, all those important things that you really want in somebody. You can teach people skills. And if you're into systemization like I am, you're basically going to get someone to come into a systemized business. They don't actually have to think for the first few months while they're actually working until they get their feet and whatever, because they're just following instructions anyway. That is the most important thing that they could possibly, important skill they could possibly have alongside the fact they are a good values match. And we'll come to the values in a second. So once you've done this, you've graded all your test tasks, you've now got hopefully around 10 to 15 people. So about 50% or even 40% of the people that you got through the elimination stage will get through this test stage. So you're looking now to take people to the asynchronous interview, which is the video interview that I discussed last in last episode. You want about sort of 10 to 15 people. And here, you're going to basically just email them and say, well done, congratulations, you've got through to the next round, you're one of very few people that have actually made it through, we're super impressed with your test task that you did, you absolutely nailed the instructions, your communication was fabulous, we're excited, we'd love to have you on this team, what I need from you now is for you to record your um, answers to these questions on video, looking at the camera in a professional setting, so we can get a feel for, you know, who you are and, what, and, and your personality, because we don't want to waste your time or ours and getting you in for an interview when it's obviously not a good fit. This is for me a no-brainer. Like I work with people on Zoom day in, day out. Zoom is now sort of part of business. Even if you're a home-based company, as in like everyone, all your employees are based in the same country, it's very likely there's going to be an element of remote work just because the way things have changed. And therefore, people need to be confident on camera and be able to communicate effectively. And so therefore asking them to record a short, record a short video is just if they don't do it, I'm not interested. If they do it badly, I'm not interested. It's again, for me, a total uh, prerequisite to then be able to work effectively in our company. And it actually helps us to 
massively reduced the number of people we've been to interview. We typically interview two people, maximum three for any role now, but because of this. So we're looking at about 10 to 15 videos, about 75% normally reply, that's normal. Not everybody will, they'll just think I can't be bothered with that and that's fine, we don't want them anyway. We want people that are motivated, they've been compelled, they've been like inspired by our job posting. They love the fact we've reached out and told them how well they've done. And now they're like, oh, wow, wow, I've got through to the next stage. You know, I've got a chance of this job. I'm going to, yeah, of course I'm going to send this video in. That's who we want. We want people to to have, you know, they want people to want it, to have, you know, a, a hunger for actually getting a job with us. That's why it's so important to set all this up. So when they actually get to this stage, they keep going forward and they keep, they're motivated to continue because we've set them up and said like how amazing everything is. So they send the video in. Again, we have a grading sheet, things like, is their background appropriate? Are they dressed appropriately? Uh, do they speak clearly? Do they look friendly? Is it the kind of person that I would actually want to speak to and talk to on a day-to-day -day basis? Do I, you know, do I get a good feeling in my stomach? That's actually a bit subjective, so we don't normally do that one. Sorry, I'll take that one out. That's more of the interview. Um, and we also um, grade the, we, have, we, we listen to their answers. Do the answers make sense? Have they actually answered the question? Again, we're not actually looking for a subjectivity on how brilliant the answers were. We just want to know how they answered them because you're not going to be doing this part either. We just want to, if they pass this stage, they will then get reviewed. And that when, when we get to the shortlist stage and we're actually doing interview. And if you've got more than three, that's when you would come in and watch the videos. I'll explain in a second. So just to recap, we get the videos, we grade them objectively. That will then get your shortlist from about 10, roughly, down to hopefully about three to five. Once you've got your three to five, if it's just three, I would probably just go ahead and interview all three. But I would watch the videos quickly first anyway, because you personally, if you're doing the interviews, might just watch 30 seconds of video and say, nah, not for me. If that's the case and you end up with not enough people, you might want to review some more of the videos. These videos, just to, just to add, should not be more than five minutes long each maximum. That means watching the entire recorded interview will take two and a half minutes. So two and a half minutes of your time to hopefully save you half an hour of an interview is well worth your investment. So what we want to do at the end of this process is get to that final shortlist of say two or three people who have passed every stage, you've reviewed their interview, their video interview, and you've given the, the, the initial nod, yep, this person looks pretty good, let's get them in. You'll then do the final stage, which is your well, that's the penultimate stage, which is your interview. The interview, live Zoom interview, live in person if, you, if you're hiring from home, set of questions, same questions for every candidate to keep it consistent, to make sure that it's possible to compare the two. And um, and questions, you go onto the internet and find loads of questions. There's questions on our Recruit Right download, which you can get if you QR the screen now, or if you're, if you're on the podcast, just go to bit.ly forward slash SYS hyphen 10, SYS hyphen 10, and that'll give you our Recruit Right um, framework. And there's questions on there as well for the interviews. Um, and then once you've gone through the interview questions, things like, I'll give you some examples of what we use. So for example, um, uh, one I got from Rob Moore actually, which I thought was brilliant, was um, what makes uh, you the, what, ah, I can't remember now, the culture, uh, what is, what make, I'll get my words out in a minute, sorry about this. What are the characteristics of one of the best bosses you've ever had? And what are the characteristics of one of the worst bosses you've ever had? Um, or for example, what would make you stay in a company for um, 10 years? Or what position do you see yourself being in, in the company in three years? You know, 
questions around management, if that's relevant. Now, do you do you have any desire to be a manager? And if so, can you give examples in the past where you've done that? You know, so there's, there's loads of questions out there. Go and find them on, on internet. You can download or download a course as well. And then once you've done your interview questions, you then um, will grade those and then you'll have your final selection. At this stage, you need to look at the CV. You need to make sure that nothing they've said throughout the process contradicts what they said in their CV to raise any red flags. If it doesn't, great, they're in. Check your references and then go through your onboarding process and the legal side and all the rest of it. But that means you've now found somebody from a, from a list of two, 300. Your involvement was just the interview at most. And actually your team's involvement, once you've done this once and set it up, is only two or three hours maximum per recruitment round. This makes it super easy to replace underperforming staff, to find brilliant people, and to basically feel confident that you've got what, what a system in place to grow your company as and when you need to without being held hostage by recruitment agencies and without worrying about it taking forever and then you find the wrong person it being a bad fit. Because once they've been through this process, they've proven to you that they are hungry, that they want this. They've proven to you that they can do the work. They've got good spoken and written English. They present themselves well on camera. They've got the minimum standards that you need for, for this role. So, so many boxes have been ticked that when you get to that stage, when you're actually bringing them in for their probationary period and going through their training, you, you know, you'd be surprised if they didn't actually succeed. I'm not saying it never happens, but sometimes, you know, sometimes people get through and they arrive and actually like, whoa, they've just not got a good work ethic and it's not been picked up along the way. That'll happen. You've got to just accept that. And if that does happen, cut your, cut, you know, your, your losses quickly, get out and get back in the game with the recruitment again. Don't stick with somebody that is underperforming, that isn't getting, that isn't like eager and keen and on it. Like don't accept second best when you bring somebody in. This is your company and it's important you have A players. A players attract A players. So you don't want to have a B player in the team because it'll bring the team down and demotivate your top performers and they'll end up leaving. When you do get the right people, it's like, you know, the whole world gets better because suddenly you're like, wow, that void has been filled. I can now let go of a bit more responsibility. I can breathe a little easier because I've got someone that's competent. I can trust to do the job well. The difference between that and bringing somebody in who you don't get that feeling is that actually person drains you and takes time away from you doing what you should be doing because you end up having to micromanage, you end up having to coach them more, you end up having to you know, hold their hand and give them support and give them feedback, like far too much. So cut your losses quickly and early. Um, when, when you get something that isn't a great fit, start the recruitment process off again and just make sure that you don't waste time and effort on somebody that really isn't worth it. Cool. So in summary, what we talked about today is about taking your all the applicants you've got, whether that's 100, 1,000 or whatever, and actually having a proven process, a systemized process for eliminating all but the best 10%. Take that 10% and put them through a test task that's related to the work they're going to be doing when they arrive. Grade that objectively to get your, your shortlist again. That next shortlist, you're going to interview using an asynchronous video interview, and then you're going to grade that to shortlist them a third and final time to actually find the two or three people you're going to interview. You do your interview, you grade them, and then you onboard them.
that's it. That is a systemized recruitment process. It sounds super easy and it is, but not doing this, cutting corners, looking at CVs, doing all the things I've told you to avoid in this. Like I've made these mistakes so many times. I've had hundreds of people over the years and I've made like every mistake you can possibly imagine. Even when I know better, I still make the mistakes and I regret it afterwards. So hopefully you'll hear my warnings and just take the time and effort to set up your own recruitment system. Don't rely on other people to do recruitment for you unless, you know, when you're in a small business, it's time consuming and you're relying on their competencies. If you build these competencies into your company, it removes the barriers to you just getting the right people in, replacing underperforming staff and actually starting to grow your business at will and without having to worry about costs and all time involved in using um, recruitment companies. If you do want a the recruit, recruit right framework, it's available for free. Go to bit.ly forward slash SYS hyphen 10. So bit.ly forward slash SYS hyphen 10, sys hyphen 10. Or you can get that by Send the QR code if you're on a medium which has video. Cool. If you found that useful, please do leave us a review, leave, leave some stars, and rate this um, rate this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here today. Next week, uh, we're going to be continuing on our journey through our frameworks and talking about some more amazing stuff to help you free your time from your business and have a better quality of life. Okay, take care. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.